Hi, everyone. Welcome back for episode 16 of the Simply Bowling Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even the occasional comic, then we have got the show for you. That's right. And uh, this week, we actually have a little bit of change of plan. We both had very busy weekends and didn't get to see Lightyear. So we thought that in an attempt to kind of keep that spirit alive, we would talk about some of our favorite space-based like pop culture stuff, whether it be like a like a like I said in the intro, it could be a movie, video game, TV show, comic, whatever you want. It's fair game. Um, before we get into that, we do have quite a bit of news. Uh, like Fallout Five has been confirmed. What? Yeah, the Knives Out oh. sequel got a title. Oh fuck. We got a quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit. We got more info about the Joker sequel. Uh, the, we got some news about the future of the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, there's a Wonder Man series in development for Disney+. And we've got quite a bit to talk about with Ezra Miller that we're going to try and keep as like clear-cut and professional as we can. Of course. Uh, way Speaking off topic. of um, clear-cut oh, yeah, and professional, yeah. I am currently porky-pigging it. Yeah? Just got your dick mm. and nuts out with a t-shirt? <laughs> I got my... <laughs> I got a cool taco shirt on. <laughs> and I just got my fan cooling down my back. <laughs> that is all I have on. <laughs> it's fucking. It's like 102 outside. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, let's see what the Weather Channel says the real feel is. Here, let's see. <laughs> yeah, as I uh, came home, getting just undressed. start giving them weather updates. <laughs> well, oh, it looks sh- like it's gonna be partially cloudy outside, and for the next feels couple like days. Three. No, oh, you know what? With us recording this on uh, on Tuesday before this goes out on Wednesday, we could legitimately give them the weather for tomorrow. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> in, in this area uh, that we won't specify, uh, it's looking to be like a 92 with a 63% chance of rain. Sunny oh, skies during the morning hours, followed by thunderstorms in the afternoon. High so make sure you have those umbrellas. <laughs> Keep your umbrella handy and your shorts dry. <laughs> um, this is this private, private work reminding you. Yeah, reminding you your to keep dry. your socks dry. <laughs> oh, did that pick up? Did you hear that? What? Oh, I opened my sparkling water and it was a real high pitched, and I was like, oh, maybe that maybe that came through clear. Mm. Oh, man. No, but I now. was uh. <laughs> I was. I came home and I was getting undressed and uh, saw the shirt I wanted to wear and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds comfy." Threw that on and took my pants off and took my belt off and then took my undies off. And I did uh, the old pinch and roll and then I was like, "All right, yeah, <laughs> let's to. do this thing." Yeah, that's the that's the that's the action item for the week. Do you pinch and roll <laughs> or do you do the back of the nail raking? You know. Yeah, let us let us know at the simply well mailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear yeah, your replies. All of our all of our scrotum possessors, do you uh <laughs> pinch and roll or do you just scrape down them with the back of the nail? I don't even think you have to be a scrotum possessor. That's true. Do you have labia that you have to scratch a certain way? Like do <laughs> that's an interesting question. <laughs> you know, do they have to Yeah, how do you do you have a, a, yeah, do, a do people with any for labia? Yeah. Yeah, that's how we're gonna start dignif like signifying people is just whether they've got an innie or an outie genitalia. <laughs> any or an outie. <laughs> no, so on the real, uh, this is unrelated, but I was just thinking about it, and I don't think I told you this story. Uh, mm. I fucking <laughs> made 
my wife look like an emotional manipulator and abuser at Bath and Body Works? Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. <laughs> because we went to, uh, we went there. My whole, like, the only thing in life that I go, you know what I really want right now? Is a fucking Bath and Body Works candle that is food scented. Chris can attest to that. Yes. Like, that's all I have. Like, I'm, a con- I'm burning one right now. That is uh, cinnamon spiced vanilla crossed with Paris Cafe. And uh, I got a, uh, let me see. I think it's a <laughs> lavender. A Lavender essential oil diffuser <laughs> going on right now. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've, I haven't tried it. You play Sea of Thieves, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you want to see if these, these nut, nuts fit in your mouth? Thank you guys for listening to the Simply no, Wrong Podcast. Story, uh, about making my wife look like a piece of garbage. Yeah, we yes. were at the store. Yeah, we, and she, she, had a, she has to put a budget on me because, you know. I'll go over just crazy in there. And she was like, uh, you can have two candles. And I was like, all right, all right. And then she was like, and we get in there, we see they're on sale. And she's like, I'm like, does that change things? She's like, are right, you going to have four candles? I'm like, oh my God. And oh, so I pick fuck. up the one that I'm burning right now and I smell it and I'm like, fuck. And I just hand it to her and she's like, is that one? And I'm like, yeah, that's one. And it's I knew the there was, there was one. I, <laughs> oh yeah, does the bear shit in his hat? Uh, and so we see a fucking a wall of more candles over there and I go over there and I know there's one I'm looking for and it's called like berry waffle can and I'm like ah! and I pick it up and I smell it and I'm like yep that's the one and I grab it and I take it back to her and she's like what else you want I'm like I don't know these are really the only two jumping out at me and there was two more of that uh, cinnamon spiced vanilla Paris cafe mm-hmm. and I'm like she's, so I grab one more and she's like there's only one left you might as well grab that so I grab that one and we get in line and she goes I've got a free item up to such and such price so one of your candles should be free I'm like does that mean I can get five candles? <laughs> She's like, fuck, I guess, dude. And there was one more of those berry waffle cones. So I just went over and grabbed that. So I've got two and three of these guys. And uh, we, we stand in line. And uh, a young man uh, opens his register and says, yeah, you want to come over here? And I can help check you guys out. So yeah, yeah. So we go over there. He's making small talk with us. And he's talking about how lucky we are because those were the last three and the last two. And he that the uh, the Paris Cafe, he was really looking to buy one. And he kept going on and on about how much he liked it and was hoping he could get it. And I'm like, man, should I give him one? Like, I'm starting to feel bad, you know. Fuck but, no. Uh, but no, I did not. And I was like, yeah, well, sucks to suck, you know. And as I'm yeah. talking to him, I brought up the fact that the candles were the thing that I freaked out. Like, oh, yeah, I, it's really the only thing I get into is I got to go get some candles. But the way I fucking phrased it was, they're all I have. <laughs> and <laughs> These candles are all I have. <laughs> I was like, candles are all I've got. And he fucking looks at me and then he looks over at Morgan for too long. And then Morgan's like, he's got a, a man cave that he burns candles in. And like, it's the only thing that he gets excited about. She's trying to dig herself out of the hole. Of like, this is all she lets me have. <laughs> and as we left, I was like, man, did we get his name? Yeah, he was really nice and all that. And yeah, and we did think about stopping and giving him a candle. But I was like, no, nah. I don't feel that thought. bad. I felt right. bad, but I didn't feel that bad. It's not like they're not making them anymore. Right, exactly. But <laughs> I just got the last ever. Well, no, that's just my, I don't know why I thought that was more a story for you than anybody, but I thought I'd tell mm-hmm. you that. Okay, yeah, thanks, a hot, hot, hot mess there. All right, are you ready to talk about news, baby? No, lay it on me. You just, fuck, I guess. All right, so we'll start at the top here. IGN got Todd Howard. On the top, no, uh, drop, that's some, sorry. <laughs> that's some what, what, what. So, IGN got Todd Howard, the head of Bethesda Game Studios, to confirm that Fallout 5 
will be the next project that the game development studio focuses on after Elder Scrolls VI. So, according to Todd Howard, the sixth game in the Elder Scrolls series is in pre-production after it got pushed back uh, because the team wanted to focus on developing Starfield. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing over there, Bob? Do you hear that? Is that is, yeah, is that Sullivan chewing on his bone? Yeah. <laughs> you just name dropped my dog? Yeah, did I doxed your dog. Yeah, <laughs> SWAT comes in. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, here, if you, I'll give him a real clean, your dog, and then we'll just copy that in. Yeah. Uh, your yeah. dog. <laughs> State your name. That's like, uh, sorry, I'm going to get distracted. Anyhow, Todd Howard told IGN that they have an idea uh, for Fallout 5 in place, saying that the game was kind of part of the company's DNA, and they did have like a one-pager sort of written up about what they would want that game to look like and what they would kind of want to do with it and where they would want to take it. Um, it will be quite some time until we get either sequel in our hands, honestly, because uh, they really take their time with games. Figure they talked about Starfield started in development, I think they said in 2015, so that's seven years. Yeah. I'm and so excited if, for Starfield. I can't. I am I, too. I'm so excited uh, for it. I do really hope that maybe between Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, they just make a new engine. Because the creation engine is really kind of starting to show its its cracks, I think. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, come on, like this is the same fucking engine, or at least a a, a very evolved version of the engine that fucking Oblivion was on. Yeah. And Fallout Three, and so it's like, all right, we gotta we gotta do something here, guys. But uh, yeah, it's gonna take them a minute, so it's gonna be probably I wouldn't I would not think it's an exaggeration to call it at least ten years until we see Fallout Five. Ten years. If it's in pre-production now, yeah. It's more than five. Holy shit. If you want to know, sorry, Fallout 5 is not even in pre-production. Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production. Holy it took them seven fuck, years to get Starfield dude. to where it's at now. So, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, it's nice that he said it's like one of the next things they want to work on, but also, you know, they announced Elder Scrolls 6 like in 2019, I think, 2018. And uh, it's just now in pre-production, four or five, yeah, three oh or four years later. God. So. so yeah, Fucking that's like some... zero stars. Fuck that. <laughs> Todd Howard can suck my nuts. Yeah. Fucking Porky Pig in it. Fucking I swear to God, catch me at a uh fuck. What's the gaming like convention? E three. E three. Catch me at E three. Porky Pig in it next time it's around. Yeah, just hit him with a Satan sleep mask. Just put your balls <laughs> over his eyes. Yeah, give him double, double barrel double pink barrel eye. Pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Uh, shit the bed. So Ryan Johnson, he took to Twitter this week to announce the name of his highly anticipated sequel to Knives Out. Uh, he tweeted the following. I just went ahead and copy pasted his tweets. Yeah. Uh, he said, something I love about Agatha Christie, who is a, 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 an author. She wrote a lot of mystery novels and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I love about Agatha Christie is how she never tread water creatively. I think there's a misperception that her books use the same formula over and over, but fans of her books know the opposite is true. It isn't just settings or murder methods. She was constantly stretching the genre conceptually. Under the umbrella of the whodunit, she wrote spy thrillers, proto-slasher horrors, uh, serial killer hunts, gothic romances, psychological character studies, and glam travelogues. When I made Knives Out, that's what excited me about the prospect of making more mysteries with Daniel as Benoit Blanc, 
was to emulate Christie and have every film be a whole new book uh, with its own tone, ambition, reason for being, and ta-da, title. Benoit Blanc's next case, the follow-up to Knives Out, is called Glass Onion. Ooh. Yeah, Glass Onion. I, I, I like the name Glass Onion because I can picture, like, you know, uh, maybe it's a, a theft in this case as opposed to a murder. And, mm-hmm. like, maybe they stole a glass onion, which is, like, uh, you know, this crystal, right? Yeah. But also the name Glass Onion kind of sounds a little comedic or silly. Yeah. Which kind of fits the tone of, you know, Knives Out. But this one's, I didn't, I should have copy-pasted some of the cast. Like, I think we talked about it already on the show, but it's got a fucking killer cast already. Mm. Let me pull it up here. I want to see if it's under Glass Onion. Uh. Yeah, it is. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Uh, it has, obviously, Daniel Craig is reprising his role as Benoit Blanc. We've got mm. Ethan Hawke, uh, Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein. Uh, Edward Norton, Catherine oh, wow. Hahn, uh-huh. Dave Batista, Kate Hudson. Oh, uh, shit. Janelle Monet and Leslie Odom Jr. So oh, shit. Yeah. There's like a, a big cast. Of, I mean, you figure the first one had a big cast. So yeah. It makes sense that that would kind of be, uh, you know, like one of their signatures, I suppose. Is, yeah, it's a big ensemble cast that is just a banger. Uh, I, you figure you, I, ju- I showed you, uh, Knives uh, Out. Yeah, yeah. Not too long ago. And, uh, <laughs> just, all I hear is that dog crying. Yo, son, I was about to say, I can hear him through the headset. He is, I got him, He's I got crunching. him. Well, let me explain. I got him, um, pig, like, pig ears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and he loves him, man. And so, I got, like, a big pack, and I, you know, he's busy. Yeah, I gave him that and I gave him a new toy and he's got the toy sitting right next to him on deck. <laughs> and we're gonna just, start hearing squeak, squeak, squeak. Dude, he's just tearing this thing up. Uh, God damn. God he's damn, making son. love to that thing. Yeah, he's Oh, I've thought about you all day, baby. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He's licking it before he bites it, you know? <laughs> like a gentleman. <laughs> like a gentleman. Oh, man. But now, what do you think? What do you, like, do you think I'm right that it might be a theft? That makes sense. Like, yeah, like, I could see it. I could yeah. also see it maybe being, uh, maybe like a metaphor. Okay. So, like... Because, like, onions have layers. Uh, <laughs> 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 you shut the fuck up. <laughs> No, but like I don't know, like (laughs) it's just it's Shrek Six. (laughs) That's all it is. The Shrekening. The Shrekening. (laughs) Shrek Six, the Shrekening. It's basically John Wick. They fucking except Fiona died of cancer and the people broke in and beat Donkey to death. (laughs) And it's just Shrek. He's they've yeah, they've called down a Shrekening. (laughs) <laughs> Hollywood, give us a call, you know. <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah, we'll be writing these scripts all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Lady Gaga is in early talks to star in Joker, uh, Folie Adieu, as Harley Quinn. 
So last week we did talk about that the title kind of implied a mental illness affecting multiple people, and that we thought that could reference the psychiatrist turned girlfriend slash abuse victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and while the studio has yet to even strike a deal with Joaquin Phoenix, it does seem that they're deep into discussions and likely to come to an agreement soon with that actor, but not much is known about the, where they're standing with uh, Lady Gaga, other than that she is in early talks. Um, and we don't really know much about this version of Quinn, other than the fact that it's obviously going to be different from Margot Robbie's version seen in the Suicide Squad. It, isn't uh, it supposed to be a musical? Right. So yeah, the second Joker bit of the week is that the sources close to the project are saying that the sequel is a musical. Now, obviously, Gaga is an incredibly talented singer, um, and I don't think would have any trouble carrying the dramatic like acting alongside musical numbers. But prior to like Phoenix playing Johnny Cash in uh, Walk the Line, uh, he had no experience to, with singing prior to that role. So I don't. I mean, he did a good job emulating Johnny Cash because he did all the singing in that movie. But uh, I don't know, man. It just seems like a weird. Uh, yeah, I, with the how dark and psychological the first Joker was, I just I can't see that. Well, and I gotta tell you, I'm gonna stir your pot. I thought Joker was just okay. Whoa. Like, I think I told you it was about as deep as a baby pool. Whoa. That movie uh, is a work of art. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Somebody, one of the two of us saw it like four times in theater. I did, dude. I, I, (laughs) when I first saw it, I cried. (laughs) It was so good. Like, I loved it. Walking Phoenix just uh, spoiler for yeah the movie that's made over a billion dollars and came out in three four years ago. I cr- I cried uh, when like you know he kills his mom. <laughs> yeah, smothers her. Yeah, and um he like saw the picture. He was holding the picture uh, because she said that he was his father and he was he believed that uh they Wayne. explained everything. She was like a loon. Yeah. And he thought he was lying, and then he saw the back of the picture after he killed her, and it said, uh, to my love, Wayne. Yeah. And he just kind of looked at it, and, and like, I don't know why, but I was like, dude, imagine being in, like, a mental break where you do something that dramatic, and then you find out, oh, shit, they were right. Right. I was just like, Yeah, the movie was whelming. It was simply whelming. Whoa. Wrong. Joaquin Phoenix was a good actor, but yeah, like, I don't know, man. It was. <laughs> I've seen The King of Comedy. I've seen Taxi Driver. Uh, so anyway. I'm not jazzed. I got to tell you, I'm not. I'm not pumped. And then they said it was a musical, and I got even less pumped. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, that killed a lot of my like. Oh fuck! To see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Like, well, we'll go see it because we got to now. I guess. I mean, I guess we don't yeah. got to, but. I don't know if I should sit next to you. I might have to put a little seat, put a few seats between us in case you start crying. I ain't got to <laughs> claim you. <laughs> yeah, you're just looking at me with the rest of them. Yeah. You're, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, fuck. I'm sitting next to you. I'm looking away from you. <laughs> got my head down. <laughs> I'm double masked up wearing a hoodie. Fuck, are you good? <laughs> Disclaimer. My dog. Is no longer with us. <laughs> is no longer with us. No, I caught him. Um, he's been having a chewing problem, and he—I don't know where he's getting it. It might be the people he's hanging out with at school. Bad influence <laughs> on him. 
Um, but he's picked up this bad chewing habit, and I caught him chewing on the sheets. Oh. (laughs) And so I just gave him a scold. He's doing dip. He's just having a bad chewing problem. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got a whole log of Copenhagen long cut. (laughs) Fucking fucking menthol pouches. (laughs) Mint pouches just... Yeah. Wintergreen. It's wintergreen. It's wintergreen, yeah. He fucking yeah. He leans up on the wall with one shoe on it, you know? <laughs> disrespecting the paint. Yeah. A, damn son. Bad disrespectful. Yeah, he's spitting it. <laughs> Alright now, so we're just gonna move on because yeah, he had to stop and scold the dog like it speaks English and <laughs> now I completely forgot what the fuck we were talking yeah, about. We did. Pretty sure we were joking about you crying in the theater. It was just a bit. We were done with the news about. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, so now, spoiler alert for like the most watched show in HBO history. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter has learned that the Game of Thrones is returning, sort of, with a sequel series in the early stages of development at HBO. Uh, the series would follow Jon Snow after his exile north of the Wall in the final moments of the original series. And Kit Harrington is set to reprise his role as the Lord Commander. And the series would venture into unexpected territories north of the Wall, where the possibility of other surviving characters could reappear as well. Like, uh, fucking Maisie Williams could show up as Arya Stark. Uh, you know, he might go back down south of the Wall for whatever reason and see his, his sisters, you know. But yeah, uh, I think it's okay, because, like, I really enjoyed Jon Snow. And out of the mm-hmm. ending... You know, the ending overall was pretty disappointing, but I do think, uh, you know, his ending kind of was like, okay, well, he got somewhat of a happy end. Because even though he got yeah. exiled north of the wall, in the context of the show, like, he was happier out there anyhow with, like, the wildlings. So, really, it was more <laughs> more like, yeah, you have to go stay with the people you were happy with. Oh, no. What? Th- that's John going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Anything about that. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen any uh, Game of Thrones yet, and I don't know. I'm I'm in this toss between because I really want to see it, but also it's like I heard the ending was so so bad, so I just don't want to. I do think you should watch it because it does have quite a bit of good stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially in like the first five seasons. Yeah, six is pretty good overall, but it does kind of drag in the middle. I think, but it has something called the Battle of the Bastards. At the very, like, I think it's like the second to last episode of the sixth season. And it's mm-hmm. a banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven's got some ups and downs to it. And eight is pretty, pretty rushed and bad. But, yeah, you gotta watch. Yeah, I think you should watch it. Like, you got HBO. It's, like I said, it's the most watched show in HBO history. Like, by a large margin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I think you should give it a poke. Because, like I said, Dude, it's got, I got mostly good stuff. Like, more than half of the show is banger material. It's gas. I- I got so much to catch up on. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up on. I'm trying to finish Clone Wars. Yeah. Because like I hear a lot of lores coming from Kenobi, and then a lot of the you know other stuff like Ahsoka. So I'm like, shit, I should watch Clone Wars, Rebels. Oh, I need fuck. to finish. Oh, it's Mars Wednesday. I was like, yeah. fuck, we didn't watch Kenobi. Um, shit. Uh, Clone Barry? Wars. Yeah, yeah. Clone Wars, Rebels, Barry, The Boys, Better Call um, Saul, Better Call Saul. Um, I think that might be it. I might be forgetting one or two, watch, but like you gotta watch the first two episodes of Ms. Marvel. 
Yeah, and I still have to start. Oh, both, oh my like, god! I, I watched episode two last night. It was actually really good. Like, yeah, I heard really good things about it. Like I, 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 I had a bad, bad rap from a very specific crowd that don't want a Muslim girl as a hero, but uh, it's actually a pretty fucking good show. Like, yeah, I was a little worried that it was going to be more like it, it seemed from the marketing material. It seemed a little bit um, tweenish, you know. Mm. Which uh, oh, <laughs> your little helpers. That's right. They're they're sounding the alarm down there. <laughs> I'm just I am the victim of a home intrusion. <laughs> just live on the podcast. <laughs> it's the SWAT. We got doxed. <laughs> oh, are they done? Nope. No. <laughs> I'm just watching my name light up every time she barks. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. All right. All right. We're solid. But no, yeah. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Good stuff. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, like I, like I, I haven't said, had anything yeah, spoiled for little... me yet, but. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't had anything spoiled, but I, I hear really good things about it. Yeah. And so far, I don't think there's really any major spoilers to be had. Um, but I did read this morning. It's not in the news because I wrote, I wrote up the news last night. And it's like kind of a non news thing. I mean, it's like, yeah, Kevin Feige said some stuff, but apparently we should be seeing like the next Thanos level threat, like the kind of get an idea of where we're headed in the next few months. So that's kind of Ooh. so I'm like, I wonder if it's coming out of is it Galactus? I don't know. So I'm wondering if it's going to I'm trying to think what projects are coming up. So we've got obviously this She-Hulk, uh, just I say this Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, uh, fucking Thor obviously comes out in a couple of weeks. And I think this fall we get Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <gasps> I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it's coming out of one. Of, I mean, obviously, it's got to come out of something. But Who do you uh, think's taking the new uh, title as the Black Panther? I don't know. Because they didn't recast, so it's not T'Challa. Like, I think within context of the, the film, I think T'Challa's going to have to pass away or disappear in some way. Yeah. Um, my first thought was Shuri. But she got in a bunch of hot water for saying a bunch of, like, anti-vax, anti-gay stuff. Whoa. Uh, Letitia Wright did. So I, I bet Disney's not putting a lot of eggs in that basket. I could see maybe doing M'Baku. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. M'Baku did, did beat him in combat. Or, you know, it was a close contender, I mean. You know, it was, like, the next. Yeah. That would be dope as fuck, too. I didn't even think but about But I think that. from, like, like, a royalty standpoint, yeah, I mean, I think Shuri would be the, I would think would be the next heir, right? Yeah, I mean, she's either or. It'd be cool because she's super techie. So it'd yeah. be cool, like all the advancements she'd make. Yeah, and I think we're supposed to get Riri Williams, um, in in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is uh, Ironheart. Oh, okay, that'd be kind of dope. That would be because then she's supposed to get her own show. But uh, speaking of, this is as we accidentally worked our way around to uh, a segue here. Uh, oh Hollywood shit! Reporter has learned of a we're just that fucking good. The Hollywood Reporter learned of a Wonder Man series in development for Disney Plus. Uh, the series is being co-created by Destin Daniel Cretton and Andrew Guest. Uh, so Cretton was the filmmaker behind Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm -hmm. While Andrew Guest is best known for like uh, he worked on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then he was a consulting producer on the Hawkeye series. Yeah. Uh, so Cretton's going to serve as like the executive produce, uh, producer, and he's potentially going to sit in the director's chair for maybe mm -hmm. one or more of the episodes, while uh, Guest is going to be like the head writer for the series. Yeah. So I had to look it up because I didn't really know much about Wonder Man. 
So, Wonder Man is a character originally introduced in the 60s as an adversary for the Avengers, before being reinvented as an Avenger himself in the 70s and eventually in the 80s. He was a founding member of the West Coast Avengers. So, I'm going to belch here real quick. Uh, that version of the character was the most popular and was portrayed as like a Hollywood movie star and stuntman named Simon Williams. Uh-huh. Uh, so the character has really strong ties to the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, with the former being seen as almost like a brother figure for him due to their connection through some ionic energy and brainwaves. I put in parentheses, you know, comic shit. Yeah. Uh, after the Vision was dismantled, Wonder Man actually developed feelings for Wanda. Uh, and so I kind of wonder, thinking about some of his history there of like being a West Coast Avenger and being obviously involved with the Scarlet Witch and Vision, mm-hmm. which way they might take his show. Um, because I do think it'd be interesting to see them show up like with some WandaVision stuff since they kind of have been pulling on that thread with mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange. Um, and we still don't know where White Vision is, you know? Yeah. So maybe he and Wonder Man have some connection. Uh, but also I would like to see them delve into like his Hollywood lifestyle a little bit. Because that's something that we haven't really addressed, I don't think, in the MCU is the idea that like he, he's they're still like they people go to the movies and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though it's a world where movie type shit happens on the reg. Yeah, like they still make them. Yeah. Because you figure on, like, <laughs> I think about on the plane in uh, Spider Man Far From Home, all the blip related shit. Mm-hmm. Like the documentary and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but then I also think it'd be interesting to see Hawkeye uh, start the West Coast Avengers, since in the comics, he's the one that created that team. And so that kind of gives us a, a way for Hawkeye to kind of take a more central role or like a more leadership role, but kind of take a back seat as he's not necessarily on the front lines anymore. Yeah. But yeah, because he started the West Coast Avengers. Maybe he takes on like a Nick Fury role, you know, that would be dope. Uh, and the, so the West Coast Avengers uh, had like a lot of members throughout the years that we actually have available right now. Um, it had Moon Knight on there at one point. Wonder Man. Rhodey showed up as Iron Man. Yep. Uh, U- U.S. Agent, which is John Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, Ant-Man has been on there. And in the most recent run, uh, America Chavez was in there as Miss America. Oh, shit. So, like, a t- we've got all of those available with this Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of those people are, are being, like, actively used. You know, we saw Rhodey's going to be a part of the uh, um, Armor Wars. Obviously, Wonder Man's getting a show. We just got Moon Knight. Ant-Man obviously has a third movie coming out. U.S. Agent is up in the air. We don't know where he's at. Um, but he's involved with that <laughs> Del Fontaine lady. And then obviously America Chavez just got introduced. Yeah. And Kate Bishop has been into it as Hawkeye. I'm getting excited. Yeah, now I'm totally speculating. Like, there's nothing other than a Wonder Man series. I'm drawing connections. <laughs> that makes me think of, uh, what is it? Uh, is it Charlie Cox? What'd you call me? <laughs> Stop. Charlie Cox, <laughs> um... From it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and yeah, he's Charlie got like Cox all the daredevil. You're yeah, talking about yeah. Uh, Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Yeah, he's um, got all the lines in the pen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's me. But now <laughs> I think if I'm not right, it's a pretty solid stroke. Like you know, swing though. Like yeah, I almost said I almost said stroke. <laughs> that's too sexual. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, I'd like to see it. It's an option. Yeah, and they, you know, and I think we talked last week or the week prior about the possibility of um, the Dark Avengers, or no, mm-hmm. it was. It's the fact that they're making a uh, a Thunderbolts. That was what it was. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, maybe they kind of combine some ideas, and instead of doing, I don't know, you know, maybe combine the West Coast Avengers with the Thunderbolts. I don't know. 
Uh, I don't fucking know, okay? Just get off my back. All right, man. My fault. <laughs> Chill out, guy. Now, so, last piece of news. we got to straighten up here uh, legitimately. It's uh, We're going to talk about Ezra Miller. Oh, yeah. So let me get my belch out now so I don't belch in the middle of it. <laughs> my God. I get, I get so gassy when we record, and I don't know why. <laughs> you get the nervous squirts. Yeah, right. No, it's all belch. Uh, so Deadline did report that Warner Brothers is likely to drop Ezra Miller after the release of the upcoming Flash film, which reportedly cost the company over $200 million to produce. Uh, the article does cite the fact that the actor, who does identify as non-binary, has been involved in increasingly severe incidents, obviously. Uh, at the beginning of June here, the Daily Beast reported that a temporary harassment prevention order had been filed by a mother in Greenfield, Massachusetts, for her 12-year-old child, after the actor allegedly menaced the family, this is a quote, menaced the family and acted inappropriately toward the child. Uh, later in the month, uh, here's like the most recent thing that everybody's been hearing about, I'm sure. Uh, the parents of an 18-year-old named Dakota Iron Eyes filed paperwork asking a judge to issue an order of protection against the actor on the behalf of their child, saying that Miller had groomed and brainwashed Dakota. The filing read, quote, Ezra uses violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over a young adolescent Dakota. And that's the end of that quote. Um, allegedly, Miller and Dakota met at the Standing Rock Reservation in North Dakota when Dakota was only 12 years old. Uh, the parents alleged that Miller gave their child alcohol and drugs and flew the child all over the world. Miller has since deleted their Instagram account in the face of the North Dakota tribal summons. Uh, the actor allegedly was like mocking authorities about their whereabouts, posting memes about the Flash and that you can't catch them and things like that. Uh, and finally, Dakota themselves uh, posted a two-minute video on Instagram defending Miller, saying, It's nobody's business and nobody is owed a story or outcome. This is my life, and these are my decisions, and I'm disappointed in my parents and the press in every way. So that's as of uh, yesterday, because I wrote this up yesterday, the 20th. That's the last we know about that. Uh, I don't think there's been any, like, I don't think they found them or anything like that. And it is a weird, um, a weird situation where, like, it's, is it abduction if Dakota wants to go, but then if there's grooming involved and things like that, it's just a, it's a mess all around. And I've seen a lot of people making the comparison of, like, why is it, why is Warner Brothers not coming out and saying officially that, he, like, we're not going to use Ezra Miller when they pretty quickly ditched, like, Johnny Depp and things like that? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it is just a really weird, sad situation all around where, obviously, this is a person that needs help. And in that article, it's a very long article. I may try and link it in the... Um, and then, like, the details of the episode, because it is a pretty decent read. But uh, apparently the new um, CEO, I forgot to cop copy his name down, uh, of, like, Warner Brothers Discovery, even went as far as, like, putting money towards, like, therapy and things like that to try and help Ezra. Uh, and obviously it's not um, not helping the situation. So no. uh, that, it is a shame that, uh, just for everybody involved, that this is where everybody's at. Uh, and just obviously it's something we're going to keep yeah. our eye on. From both a, a pop culture standpoint and just a, a human interest standpoint, like you hope everybody mm -hmm. ends up okay. Because I can yeah. see it becoming a, a sad story even more so. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just hope that it doesn't have to turn into anything. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> All I'm thinking is one. like, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, like, he's <laughs> you're telling me this sad-ass story this entire time. I'm just sitting in my chair looking at my dick and nuts, just listening. <laughs> Just 
fucking hairy belly. <laughs> well, no, I got a shirt on. Well, yeah, but I, f- I was picturing it kind of half rolled up. <laughs> uh, Oof. Anywho. So you want to talk about space and pop culture? Yep. Oh, my God. Dude, we haven't even started talking about that yet. No, we have not. So we're getting ready. To- <laughs> but you figure there's been a good chunk of like where we had to break because Sullivan was being a dunce. That's true. Sorry. You're a dog. Um. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Because I talked about... I think you only talked about movies, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Shit. I talked about video games, TV, a book. I didn't know we were... It'd be alright. You can just talk about my video games with me. Yeah. You want to start with your list and then we can just go through my list? Or how you you want to go back and forth until you run out? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Do you want me to start or you to start? Uh, You go ahead and start. Alright, so I'll start with my movies. So Mm -hmm. first one that came to mind when I thought... Space in pop culture was Interstellar, mm-hmm. which is just, I think it's a banger. Have you seen Interstellar? No, I have not. Jesus, dude. Like, I know, I know. I, you know, dad always jokes about the tryouts. I think I probably should have had tryouts <laughs> Damn. before I, <laughs> I'm like, all right, just, then I've got a list of movies and games. Have you seen this, played this? And if you answer yes to more than nine of the 12, then you're in. <laughs> you're in. All right, so Interstellar, it did get, it's a Christopher Nolan flick. Uh, it came mm-hmm. out in like 2014. It, it it went for some like pretty heavy scientific accuracy. It's the not so distant future. I'd put it in like the maybe the 40s, the, the okay. 2040s. And uh, the world is dying. Like there's a, uh, what do you call that? A blight that's killing off a bunch of our crops and shit. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking for another another home. Right. Because uh, a lot of the and for some reason, like culturally, we kind of disregarded. We like now it's the common accepted theory is that the moon landing was faked and that we never made it outside of our atmosphere and things like that. And so the world stopped focusing on space travel. Mm-hmm. And NASA kind of went underground and they find uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, who was a very gifted pilot uh, mm-hmm. for the space program. And he's going to go try and he's going to go interstellar to another solar system uh, to try and find a new home for humanity. And uh, and try and save us all, and it's got the fucking best soundtrack ever. Uh, as far as like uh, a lot of times, I think in a in a movie you don't notice the soundtrack too much, yeah, mm-hmm. until uh, you know, unless it's like a really exceptional soundtrack, and then you're like, shit, dude. And this is one of those where like there's a constant motif of like a ticking clock and things like that, and the idea of running out of time. And it's there's a docking sequence in it that my wife and I, when we were just dating, went and saw this in theaters. And it had us on the edge of our seats trying to watch uh, Matthew McConaughey dock this this ship while it's spinning out of control. And the fucking the soundtrack is just rising and triumphant and got you sweating. And <laughs> we fucking had like our hands digging into the, the armrests at the theater. And when he finally like, you know, docks the ship and the music kind of relaxes and everything's like, oh, I think we did both like audibly sigh. And then we <laughs> high fived in the theater and somebody down front <laughs> went somebody down front went. And then we're like, oh. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. but so I really like that was a really good theater experience. And I've heard some people complain about some of like the I mean, Christopher Nolan's always got like a little a thing in his movies. And this one was like the idea of like love being a part of the universe as well as like time and space and things like that. Sure. Love could maybe transcend time and space. And, you know, it's a little cheesy or whatever, but overall, it's a very, very solid movie. Check it out. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> Like a fucking sad. I mean, you don't got to. Got to. <laughs> no, like I really want to, and like I just. You stressing about how big your list is getting? Yes, dude. It's fucking. <laughs> well, quit fucking around when you get dude. home. Quit 
pigging it and slapping your bag around. Hey, hey. All right. Batting at it like a cat. <laughs> Just making, making biscuits. biscuits you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got, baby? Hit me with one. Oh, dude. <laughs> this is the best one. Space movies. Uh, I had to throw up space balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So I put the synopsis. Um, <laughs> May the then... Schwartz be with you. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. Um, so the synopsis is a distant... <laughs> in a distant galaxy, planet Spaceball has uh, depleted his air supply, uh, leaving its citizens reliant on a product called Pierre. <laughs> in desperation, Spaceball's leader, President Scrooge, uh, played by Mel Brooks, orders the evil dark helmet Rick uh, Moranis, Moranis uh, to kidnap Princess Vespa of oxygen-rich oxygen uh, Druidia which is a planet and yeah. hold that planet hostage in exchange for the air or her daughter hostage in exchange for the air. But yeah. Basically it's a star Wars parody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to dumb it down. Um, but like that movie's so fucking good. Like, yeah, like... It, it ages like fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> it does too. Like yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like every time I watch it, I just find funnier and funnier shit. All of Mel Brooks movies are that way though. Like blazing saddles. You know, I mean, you hear it all the time. Oh, you could never make a movie day or whatever. But like, well, all that aside, like Blazing Saddles is so good. And, you know, same with, uh, you know, Spaceballs. Fucking Young Frankenstein is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I love that brand of humor. It's so goofy and on the nose. And like, how many jokes can we pack into a single line, you know? Right. Or just one little scene of dialogue where you're like, holy fuck, everything they said was either a pun or a play on words or just dumb, you know? <laughs> oh, I just, I don't think we've had anything like that in quite a while. Probably like the last thing to try and do it was like the scary movies. And that was like a real cheap imitation kind of movie. Yeah. That was more, hey, do you remember this pop culture thing? You know, mm -hmm. but yeah. So I do. I think Spaceballs. I'll allow it. It is a heavy. It is a space movie. It's right there. Dude, in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza the Hut. <laughs> Lone Star. I just think. Of, I always think about like it's <laughs> fucking the them gonna have a sword fight and just the fucking boner just. <laughs> it looks like your Schwartz is as big it's as, as big mine. As mine. <laughs> Uh, I said the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, the soundtrack to that one is beautiful. Um, it's And I think it does a really good job of taking making the soundtrack inseparable from the film in mm -hmm. that it's like it's integrated into scenes and things like that. And, you know, the whole point is that the character uh, of Quill is like obsessed with this soundtrack itself. Um, and so it's that like cliche of like the soundtrack is a character all on its own, you know. Uh, and obviously the cast has great chemistry as like an ensemble of being like the ragtag group. And you do buy that, like they're shitty people who might want to try and do better. Mm -hmm. And it's got a really awesome battle at the end of like the Nova Corps trying to hold back, uh, Ronan's ship where they all interlock and make the web. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. And that, that part's so devastating because yeah, like they all just die. They all die. Like when, the, yeah, when the blind finally breaks. And then to find out that you like in you know the beginning of Infinity War that like Nova Corps is gone. Yeah, what's up with fucking, Yeah, oh, which means John C. Riley and his wife done might be might might be. I've seen a bunch of theories that John C. Riley is Nova. <laughs> yes, I would. I'm here for it. Let him. Yes, get, give him the give him the treatment. Put him through the Marvel machine. Make him get ripped. Mm-hmm. Yes, John C. Riley. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I'm all for it. You know what? Let's cast John C. Riley in the Joker movie because he's actually an excellent singer. He is? He was in... Yeah, oh yeah. He One of his first big roles was in the movie Chicago, which is a musical. And then he was in... He did... Oddly... Oh, here you go. Here's the separation. He was the star of the parody film Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which was yeah. parodying Walk the Line. Yeah, I wanted to... I haven't seen some stuff about it. It looks really, really good. It's so fun. It's got Jenna Fisher from The Office playing... Uh, his wife. Uh, who, uh, um, shit, we were just talking about him. Um, War Machine. Oh, no, uh-uh, he's not in it. That's not Don Cheadle. No? No, uh-uh. I can't think of the actor's name now, but he's in a bunch of the Will Ferrell movies. He was on SNL, and he's in a bunch of the Adam Sandler movies, too. Oh, oh my God, hold on, let me pull him up here. They sound so similar. Let's see. The fuck, I'm trying to think what movie would be the best to look him up from. Oh, well, I guess I could just look up Dewey Cox. Walk hard. Get out of here, Dewey. Because they're doing drugs. And every yeah. time he catches him doing, like, his name's Tim Meadows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a non-addictive drug. Yeah, when he's trying to describe marijuana to him. Yeah. It's non-habit forming. <laughs> It'll ruin your life. Get out of here. Does it make me feel sick? No, you'll feel great. Is it going to make me want to have sex? It's going to make it feel it sex better. better. Yeah. I kind of think I want to try it. <laughs> All right, just this once, but get in here. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, that's a good dude. One. They sound so similar. Yeah, I think yeah, that's their voice. Uh, let's see here. What you what you got? What you got? I did Guardians. Yeah. Um. So the next one's a TV show. Okay. Um. The Twilight Zone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh talks about you know space and stuff like that and like wormholes. Like, uh, my favorite episode. I I I don't remember what episode it is exactly, but basically, uh. A wormhole opens up like on the the bed rest of their daughter's bedroom and she falls in and she's like screaming for help and like you know the family's trying to find her and they can't they don't know where she's at and it's a kind of like this wormhole that just looks like a wall and um they end up finding it and everything like that and getting her back but i don't know like that's just one of my favorite episodes damn yeah i really this it's not space related my one of my favorite episodes uh is called the shelter and i think i've talked to you about it it's like right in the middle of the red scare and they're all having like a, a block party basically like get together at one of the guys one of the neighbor's houses and mm-hmm. uh, the radio comes on and the bomb sirens start going basically that the russians have fired the nukes and all that and the oh, house that I, they're I, hosting at has a bomb has shelter. a bomb shelter yep and so everybody runs home you know and then they all start coming back trying to get into the bomb shelter. And I mean, they get to the point of like screaming and threatening to kill them. And, you know, when we get in there, we're going to rip you apart and shit like that. And they do like break into the shelter and they're all thinking that, you know, the guy, the dad and wife that are inside are thinking that they've just been killed by their neighbors. And then it's a false alarm. Mm-hmm. And it's, and like, it's that idea of like, you got to go back to normal life now, knowing mm-hmm. that they were ready to turn on each other like that. And, uh, the idea. And, and I think it's got a really strong allegory to today of like, you know, with like the war on terror and the things we would do to potentially stop terrorists. And then it's like, well, but does that mean that they've won if we have to, if it's turned us into this, right. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I think that's a really good episode. The, um, something that like kind of shocked me in that episode for, especially for being how old of a show it is, Mm -hmm. um, in that one with the bomb shelter, there is a, a, a family that they're playing with, um, or a couple and they're Hispanic. Yeah. And he starts, you know, and they're super polite and like everything's fine. But then like they start to panic and he starts calling them some slurs and yeah, and everything's over. And yeah, you do see that. Like, I don't know. It felt like a very mature step of like how animalistic racism is. 
Right. That, yeah, that just, I can think of something hurtful now. And it's that idea of like, okay, so has he always been harboring those feelings? And now you can't un, you can't put that back in the bottle, you know? Right. Right. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, people don't like it, but Twilight Zone was always, um, pretty progressive mm-hmm. and, you know, and addressed things like race and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, th- yeah, just, I just remember thinking like, that was a, I remember seeing that and being like, wow, like that's, that was like really interesting. That caught my eye. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're going to try and move along here. We're pushing an hour. Uh, Star Wars, uh, obviously. I put in my notes, I just did quick little blurbs of like, things that I wanted to talk about from each thing. And I one of my notes just says Empire Strikes Back. Just oh, the whole fucking my thing, God. Dude. I used to watch that shit. Like, we had a, a small like tube TV with mm-hmm. the built-in VCR in the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And I would, I did like afternoon preschool or afternoon kindergarten. And so in the mornings, I'd like have breakfast at the table and we had that little TV in the kitchen because it was kind of our entertainment room too. And I would just fucking put Empire Strikes Back on and fast forward to the part when uh, he and Luke, or, you know, he and Darth Vader fight and chops his hand off and tells him he's his father and all that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh and that God. scene goes hard. Yeah. Uh, and then I also marked the Rogue One, the battle on Scarif and in the space above Scarif to keep it, you know, spacey. That's mm-hmm. fucking, that's a banger. When he calls up the Hammerhead Corvette and has him crash the disabled Death or Star Destroyer into the shield generator. Yeah. That's hardcore. And when they're running along the beach and the air support finally shows up. Yes, that too. scene's so And they hot. save him from the fucking, you know, the ATSTs or the ATATs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good shit. Uh, fuck. And then obviously we just get fucking Vader going ham in the hallway. Oh my, yeah. Daddy Darth. <laughs> Daddy Darth. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's scoot along. What you got? All right, so the next one, uh, this is about to hit fucking home. Zathura. All right, so I got Alien Chest. Whoa. <laughs> no, that's a good movie. That's got Dax Shepard in it. That's a fucking... Mm-hmm. That's also um, one of John Favreau's first movies. John... What? Yeah. Dude. That, yeah. I mean, that was made it. back in 05. Yeah, let's see here. Dude, yeah, John but that was... Favreau. It's basically a space Jumanji. Yeah, it's Jumanji. I mean, it's it's based on a book by the same author. Yeah, but like, it's so. Oh, I gotta watch that shit now. Got me thinking about it. Got me. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all bricked up thinking on it. <laughs> Buds a good ass movie. I'm finna bust just talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's almost peanut butter Friday. <laughs> oh no. We have to shout him out. No, we don't. <laughs> What's his name? Craig? Um, yeah, I think so. It's his fucking username on TikTok is like formally <laughs> former, formally oh. known as Craig. And, Form- uh, he's just a dude that fucks peanut butter. And like you don't and see is very it. open about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's not showing it. full penetration on the on the jar of Skippy, but it's so implied <laughs> that there's the no jar of Skippy. Yeah, you don't see him like up to his hip bones, but <laughs> That's about the only thing we don't see. Yeah, you see, like, the app. Oh. Pardon me. I'm <laughs> fucking with my cords here. So, anyways, here's Wonderwall. Uh, <laughs> I said maybe! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, Zathur's a banger. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, some of my favorite parts is, like, uh, when they're playing the game and, um, the you know, when you find out the astronaut is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, it's such a cheesy little kid movie, but, like, it has some really good. Some heart. Heart, yeah. It's got a pretty young Kristen Stewart in it too, as the sister. I, oh yeah, yeah. 
I know it had a God. I can't remember his name. He played in Hunger Games. Um, yeah, Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we've got like a TV movie, a TV movie, some movie called Made, uh, Elf, a TV movie called Life on Parole, and then Zathura, a space adventure, mm-hmm. and then Iron Man in two thousand eight. So yeah, I mean, it was literally like his second real movie. Uh, let's see here. I've got uh, Alien slash Aliens, if only for the fact that Alien is such a good thriller. Uh, And I always picture, like, when I think of, like, a female protagonist, like a strong female character, I picture Ellen Ripley. Um, Yeah. Specifically, I think about Sigourney Weaver in the first one, walking down the hallway, trying to get to the escape pod with a fucking cat crate in one arm and then the flamethrower in the other. Oh, oh, yeah. Just trying to get out, you know? Um and then, obviously, the fucking finale of Aliens when she gets in the mech suit to go save Newt from the Queen. Mm-hmm. She fucking tells you, know, get away from her, you bitch! Oh, my God. And I got to thinking about it when I was writing this list. She saves the day in both of those movies by opening the airlock. Yeah, best way to fucking get them. Yeah, just send them out into space. But, like, I want to find them both and watch them. Like, mm-hmm. Aliens is an excellent action movie, and Alien is an excellent scary movie. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got for my movies. I can move into video games. Got more, though. Go for all it. Right. I say I still have movies. Okay. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. John Carter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting movie. I remember uh, I found out as a Disney movie. I mean, you know, when it it came out like forever ago. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I remember when I heard it was a Disney movie. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, it just what they were trying to go for. A big old financial flop. What really? Yeah. Yeah. They spent like damn near. It was like a $200 million movie, and then they you know, they marketed it and all that, and it did not turn a profit. Oh, damn. I really like it. It's only got a 6.6? Holy shit, what? Yeah, so let's see. Whoa. So a total cost of $350 million. Uh, it's one of the most expensive films ever made, and it only grossed $384 million by box office. <laughs> oh, no. Damn. Fucking Battleship with Rihanna made more money. <laughs> Oh, no. That's the oh. same actor, too, isn't it? What are you going to do? Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. Man, he made some bad picks. No wonder he's in nothing anymore. Yeah, what are you going to do? I guess not watch those movies. Like, yeah. That's what everybody decided. Uh, for TV, I put Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I So, like, my dad's a big old Trekkie, but he prefers OG Star Trek with, uh, you know, James T. Kirk. But I like The Next Generation because I like Picard as a captain. Because he's really thoughtful and compassionate, and he's kind of, you know, in the in the spirit of exploration, he sees the beauty in other cultures um, and other civilizations and things like that. Uh, and he's also just he can somehow make like a character that on paper could probably come off as really like preachy and better than you, because he's yeah. very like morally like he tells you, he teaches moral lessons a lot. And like I said, he could come off as preachy. Uh, he just fucking. Sir Patrick Stewart just manages to convey it in a way that makes you go, God, like it makes you want to be a better person. I, <laughs> I marked down a quote because I was trying to think. I was like, man, I remember an episode where he's telling fucking <laughs> all I can think of is the actor's name, Will Wheaton, uh, Crusher. Uh, he tells him that the first duty of every Starfleet actor is to the truth, whether it's a scientific truth, the historical truth or your personal truth. It's the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. And if you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth, you don't deserve to wear the uniform. It's like, you know, he he manages to, like, dad this guy, you know, like, I'm disappointed in you. I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. But it comes off as, like, a really deep moral teaching. And He's right, you gotta be better. Yeah. Make a young man cry. (laughs) 
<laughs> what's, your, what's your next one? Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. So I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049 yet. Gas. Yeah, I heard it was real good. Yeah. So My father-in-law just... fucking spoiled that movie like an hour into it. <laughs> like, I'm not joking with you. It's like a two and a half hour movie. My wife and I are watching it. He's asleep on the other couch. I hadn't seen it before. I was watching it on DVD or whatever. He fucking sits up out of a nap, looks at what we're watching. He goes, oh, is this the one where? And he like describes the ending and then just fucking goes back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way, dude. Like, I had half a mind to turn the TV off or throw the remote at him. I was like, wow, what a fuck. You're gritting your teeth. No. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't dating your daughter. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It was still a good movie, though. Spoiler, I know. Uh, a weird compliment to pay Blade Runner 2049. And this sounds like a weird neckbeard thing, but it is legitimately like uh, an honest to God compliment. Uh, it has one of the most visually interesting uh, sex scenes that I've ever seen in a movie. Word. Using like a weird. It's like a. a Basically, without getting into spoiler territory, he is in love with his AI companion that's in the house. Uh-huh. And he hires a prostitute for his AI companion to, like, project herself over. And so you kind of, but, like, it's not a perfect sync up. So at times, there's, like, you see the projection and the prostitute. Uh-huh. And it is just a weird, like I said, very visually interesting way of shooting a sex scene where at times it looks like maybe it's two people at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, you didn't even talk about Blade Runner. Oh, so yeah, I have the synopsis here. Um, so Harrison Ford is forced by the police boss um, to continue <laughs> his old job. The police boss. It's <laughs> it says that's your police boss. It says what it was. It <laughs> says is forced by the police boss played by... Uh, Emmett Walsh to continue. Sounds like you fucking put the synopsis through Google Translate. Uh, (laughs) but basically, he um, uh, he's catching. He catches fields. Catching fucking androids. Yeah. Let's see here. How many more uh, movies you got there? Can we start talking about games? Um, I mean, you can. Yeah. I mean, all I have are movies. Oh, that's true. Word. Uh, let's see. Dead Space. Oh, fucking terrifying. Um. It has a really neat mechanic in it. I mean, a few. It was actually really like groundbreaking as like a, a modern survival horror. Uh, it's got like an almost no HUD. It's all displayed on your character's um, like environmental protection suit. So like your health bar is on the on his back, and it shows you his oxygen levels on his back and things like that. So there's no mm-hmm. HUD. It's all in game, uh, and it's all justified as like it's part of his heads up display. You know, and. Uh, it does a nice thing with making you really have to stop and focus and think in the middle of a fight because dismemberment actually does more damage than like headshots would in, in a game, you know? And since the name of the game is like survival horror and you've got limited resources, you want to try and kill them in as few shots as possible. So you have to not panic and not like empty, you know, all your ammunition into their chest and stop and like, okay, aim, take off an arm, aim, take off a leg and things like that. Uh, And just it's brutally graphic. Um, It's very alien inspired because you're not playing as like an action guy. You're playing as an engineer who is just thrust into a survival situation against these alien creatures. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's a banger. And I think Dead Space 2 is, like, a really solid game as well. Dead Space 3 was more an action game than anything else. But I really think Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2 sure. really, like, caught their stride. Hmm. What you got? 
so the next one I have is Arrival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yurt. Yeah, I had to pull up the synopsis because, like, I I cannot explain this. So, Professor uh, Louise Banks, who's played by Amy Adams, who, for whatever reason, whenever I think of Amy Adams, I think of Talladega Nights. Um, <laughs> and, and a lot of animal me. noises. <laughs> and, like, so, it when I first started watching it, I just kept giggling. <laughs> so, it took a second to get into it. Um, but... <clears throat> Amy Adams leads an elite team of investigators when a gigantic spaceships touch down on 12 locations around the world. As nations teeter on the verge of global war, Banks and her crew must race against time to find a way to communicate with the external extraterrestrial visitors. Hoping to unravel the mystery, she takes a chance that could threaten her life and quite possibly all of mankind. Yeah, it's a banger, dude. But yeah, that one fucks with your mind so much. And when it all comes together at the end, oh my god. Yeah. Like, it's not a twist ending, but it's like, okay, now it all, there's like a piece of the puzzle missing, and when they finally put it in place, it just all makes sense. Your fucking head explodes. I gotta watch that again here soon. Yeah. Um, I've talked about it on here before. Game Outer Space. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like a Fallout, it's Fallout New Vegas in space, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it does a really, really solid job of universe building, where everything in it I mean, it does. It feels like no matter what planet you go to, it's the same. It, the planet feels different, but the culture, or like the universe, the universal culture feels the same of like, yeah, they all understand that like the company is the boss and all that and things like that. Um, I really enjoy the negative trait system that they've got where like if you repeatedly take fall damage, you can get the option to accept that your character is afraid of heights, which means when you're at a certain, <laughs> basically a certain height above the floor level, uh, your character gets certain negative debuffs, but you also get a skill point that you can put into whatever mm-hmm. you want. And so I like that idea of that you don't pick negative traits, you just get them, where it's like, you know what, you take a lot of damage when you're facing uh, um, insect characters, so maybe your character is like an arachnophobe. And it's like, ah, that's kind of a neat way to do an RPG. Of like, through the world building, you, and just through playing the game, you kind of build your character's story. Um, yeah. But I really love the Outer Worlds. I, I need to finish it. I got distracted by other games. But yeah, I, I need to get back in the planet because I really... Enjoy- yeah, I, I've heard mixed things, but whenever I hear you talk about it, it always sounds really, really good. Yeah, don't don't listen to the haters. <laughs> don't listen to Big Papa right here. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dick Daddy. Big Dick. Sure comes a lot. Sure comes a lot. What's your next one? Uh, so my next one's uh, another TV show, and it's called Cowboy okay. Bebop. Yeah. And um, it is, it's a show about basically space bounty hunters. Yeah. But it's very westerny. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the, the first episode basically is about this guy named uh, Jet, and <clears throat> they're these bounty hunters, but they're not good, you know? <laughs> and you can tell that, like, they were like, Let's just fuck off and be bounty hunters. Yeah, they just got to make our money doing that. Right. And it's just not doing too hot. (laughs) Like they don't have food and shit like that. But then they find uh, uh, this person who's got this drug that you basically splash in your eye. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like steroids or like rage inducer because like it just makes you go fucking nuts. Yeah. Kind of like Psycho from Mm -hmm. Fallout. And and it just kind of turns into this 
this whole thing of like them doing adventures and stuff like that and you know being all tied together yeah i've only got a couple more so we could probably try and wrap it up here uh, i got one more okay so then i'll do i'll do my last two i'll do one you do yours and then i'll finish my last mm-hmm. one Mm-hmm. So uh, I was going to talk about No Man's Sky, but I think everybody knows about No Man's Sky. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do a game that I don't think a lot of people know about called FTL, Faster Than Light. And it's a, a kind of a minimalist visual style of like a top down almost uh, looking at almost a blueprint of your spaceship. And it's a roguelike, basically, meaning when you die, you just start over. And okay. you're supposed to manage all the systems on your ship with your various crew members that you acquire on your trip to the universe or across the galaxy. And you run across things like um, pirate attacks or meteor showers or nebulous clouds and things that can cause damage or things like that to your ship. And it's kind of an interesting way of, okay, you might have three crew members, but you might have like seven systems on your ship that you've got to manage. Like you're not firing back at the pirate ship if nobody's manning the guns, right? But somebody's also got to be down there repairing the life support systems that took damage. And oh no, our shields went down. Who's going to go fix the shields? Nobody's piloting the ship. We're not going to be able to evade. Uh, and so it's kind of, it can get hectic quick. And like, you can have fires start and have to oh, like shit. open the airlocks. And if What's you've this got game people called? not, it's called FTL. It's like maybe 10 bucks or 15 bucks on Steam. It might be cheaper now because it's been out for quite a few years. Check it out. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's really fun. And I've got like, I've only got like 12 hours, but it doesn't take, because of the, the um, nature of it. I mean, you die frequently and start over and. Uh, but it does have replayability because you can play as different species and it's randomized that you pick up different crew members or opportunity to buy different ships and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's really fun. What's your what's your last one you got there, baby? I have uh, the movie called Gravity. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dr. Ryan Stone, who's Sandra Bullock, is a medical engineer on her first shuttle mission. Her commander is a veteran astronaut, Matt Kowalski, played by George Clooney. 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 Um, Helming his last flight before retirement, then during a routine spacewalk uh, by the pair, disaster strikes. The shuttle is destroyed, leaving Ryan and Matt stranded in the deep space with no link to Earth and no hope of rescue. As fear, ter- as fear turns to panic, they realize that the only way home is maybe to venture further into space. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Because I just I this it's the specific scene. Uh, this movie's been out for a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, I was in high school when it came out. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah. George Clooney um, dies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, the character, not the actor. Yeah. Just, but they uh, actually put him in space. Yeah, they are like, all right, there's this. Godspeed, um, Mr. Clooney. You know, the Sandra Bullock is kind of like weaving in and out, and then George Clooney kind of like makes this appearance and gives her like that pep talk. Yeah. And then she like comes to and like she was just hallucinating yeah like that's a really powerful scene yeah when she realizes that like he's not with her mm-hmm. uh, the last thing i wrote is kind of a, a cheat because it's three games i did the mass effect trilogy uh okay the fucking like change my like they're incredible uh they're a piece of my like just they're a piece of me if i think about playing them i'm like i've got memories of when i first played them uh, and they're just they're so good so i said that like the the lore and the world building are so rich where i mean it's like a star trek or a star wars where you could get really in the weeds on like all the different species that there are and the histories that the species have with each other and the different wars and the and, and all that you know what i mean it can get where you want it to or you can just let the game tell you what it wants you to know um, mm-hmm. and i really like how thought out some of the species feel because there's some species that you never really have 
much encounter with. Um, there's a, a species I can't think of what they're called. I always want to say Rancor, but they're obviously... Um, hold on, let me think. Species with pheromones. That should bring them up. Rack, no, it's not the Rachni. The Elcor, that's what it is, the Elcor. So they're these big, they almost look like hippopotamus. Okay. Human like type deals. But they don't, on their homeworld, they don't communicate primarily through vocal language. They communicate through um, pheromones. Mm-hmm. So when they're speaking to like humans or other species that don't communicate through scent, uh, they, they just are super bland. They don't have any inflection in their voice. So they state the emotion they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. So at times it's kind of funny because they'll be like talking about, and they sound like Eeyore, you know, so they'll be like, our planet has been ravaged by the invaders, solemn, you know, and you're like, <laughs> try not to laugh at the fact that Eeyore is just like, we're all going to die, he said sadly. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm like, what an interesting idea for a species of like, okay. Uh, you know, there's that concept of like life, right? But what mm-hmm. are like the real stretches that you could take life to be of like, yeah, these people don't communicate through language. They communicate through smell. So how would they communicate with us? Uh, and it's just kind of interesting. But overall, like the story is fantastic and really makes you feel like your decisions do matter. And you build relationships with your crew members and things it's basically about uh, a, a universe or a galaxy ending um, apocalyptic event that's coming. And your character is cursed with that knowledge ahead of time that he has these visions that it's coming and nobody listens to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're trying to build a team of the select few that believe you, right, and try and prevent it. And uh, it's really good because it actually, like, the third game is about it it happening. And you being in the middle of, like, an apocalypse, like a galaxy-level apocalypse. And, like, Mass Effect 2 ends with a suicide mission where the possibility for you to lose crew members is high. And when you oh, lose wow. them, they, they disappear. Like, they don't show up in the third game. And there's characters that do show up in the third game if they don't die. So there's, like, that option that, yeah, you just might miss a whole section of a whole game if that character doesn't make it through the decisions you've made or whatever. Um, and so it does have actual consequence, which is nice. And then Mass Effect 3 just has, like, such amazing, uh, like, popcorn movie moments of, mm-hmm. like, just a massive fleet of spaceships arriving out of deep space to earth. And yeah, it's like that big, you know, nerdy moment of like, you know, everybody showing up to save the day. Mm -hmm. But no, yeah, I could, I bought like when I got my PS five, I was like, I got it so that I could play the mass effect, uh, remastered trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't regret it. It was fucking, I 100% at all three games and, uh, (laughs) it was phenomenal. And I, yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah, fucking do it again. I'll fucking do it again. You got to give them a try. Yeah, I do. But yeah, that's that's all I got. That's what, are you done there? You yeah, tapped it out. All right, what you thinking about, baby? Well, I think you might say, "Welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner." I'm your host, Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris. I always say, "Like, come on down." Yeah, come on down. Come on down to O'Reilly's. <laughs> we got car parts of $14.99 for this exclusive sale. Uh, I'm going to be doing kind of a, a deep dive, so I feel like this is going to be a multi-parter. Okay. Um, but I kind of want to dive into aliens. Like, that's one of the biggest cryptids um, around. And so, you know, this is something huge, and I can't huge. 
and I can't do it all in. Yidge. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't squeeze it all into one uh, one corner, so I might have to take up a couple here. <laughs> but uh, so just to four get a nice scrape a in on it, huh? What? Uh, I said four corners as a rim. It's like yeah, very good, bub. Uh, yeah, very good. Math um, checks out. Yeah, I'm no mathematician, but shit checks. Um, so nice, like, like, parting into it are UFOs. I thought that'd be a yeah. good starting out. Um, UFOs are unidentified flying objects, uh, and any unidentified objects that fly. Some believe sightings to be. Uh, false or like a hoax as most are some believe that the sightings are to be the atmospheric beasts while others believe the sightings to be demons or other spirits uh, but most believe in the phenomenon say that they're extraterrestrial spacecraft and most say that right. the existence existence of said extraterrestrial uh, is being covered up by one or more government and so just like the sightings uh, hold on I gotta pull it up just had it. Hold on. Alright, well, so what I've been thinking about this week... <laughs> no, wait. Oh, shit. It's not there. It was right there. <laughs> anyway, I'll just go off what I read. There was a sighting um, that actually, like, the UFO crash landed. I'm not sure if I talked about it or not. I think I might have. I yeah, yeah, I did with the men in black. The, yeah, well, the guy died, right? Yeah, but that guy died because, yeah, he found that spaceship in the, in the woods... And he thought it was just a government ship and tried to ask, you know, to help him out. And it got to the point where the government straight up killed him because he knew way too much. Allegedly. And like, that, allegedly. There's just so much evidence on it, though. Like, it just makes yeah. too much sense. You know, so that one there, like the fact that this guy saw this and the government was like, yeah, you're not supposed to see that. Got to take you out. And then, you know, you have like, Axia. huh? Axia, cut you off. And then the other one, oh shit, I can't remember what it was called. It was like the uh, S Starlight Ranch. No, that might be wrong. Something Ranch. And uh, basically, Hidden it's this, this ranch out in the. Huh? Hidden Valley? Hidden Valley Ranch. No, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> I like that you damn near went for it. You're like, yeah, that might be it. <laughs> I was like, Hidden Valley? Uh, no, wait. That doesn't sound right. Stardust Ranch? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I just Googled it. Wow. Try that next time. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Jesus Christ. But so, you know, there's a whole bunch of sightings at Stardust Ranch. I mean, you can check them out. I mean, there's endless. But, I mean, just some of the stories that you hear just, I mean, are super, super cool. And I'd like to continue to dive in of uh, going over, like, the different species of aliens that we think we've encountered. Because everyone yeah, thinks got, they're like, just... The gray man and... Yeah, the tall grays, short grays. Um and everyone thinks they're just green dudes bobbing around and like ever right. since the ever since I really started believing in aliens and stuff like that, I was like, I don't think that's the case. Maybe it's just like a fungus on another planet or maybe they're just like very human. Could be. So like just the fact that yeah, like there are people that Do you ever agree. see people out in public that make you think about the scene from Tommy Lee Jones tells Will Smith that they've been around us all the time? What? You know the scene in Men in Black when tells Will Smith that they're always they've all they're among us, you know, and he's pointing out all the people and he's like, God damn, that's an alien. I thought he was just ugly. Do you ever see people like that in public? 
I think like, they're so fucking ugly that they might <laughs> yeah, be we were alien. Like, we were like, it turns out they're not weird looking because they're just weird. That's an alien. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been thinking about? Oh, also, uh, real quick, if you have yeah, any yeah. stuff you want to, if you have any stories about UFOs or sightings that you want me to read, definitely leave an email at uh, simplywillmailbag at gmail.com. That's right. Love to hear them. We would love to. I, uh, we would legitimately love to. I didn't want that to sound sarcastic. Uh, metal, I played, uh, blah, blah, blah. I played a Metal Hellsinger demo, uh, on Steam. I think I showed it to you. Uh, it's a game that I remember hearing vaguely about, maybe back at the Game Awards in December. But it's a rhythm game that's inspired by Doom. Uh huh. And it's just, they got a bunch of different, um, like, people from, like new metal bands like uh, System of a Down uh, and, and a bunch of other people to get together and make original metal songs for this game that's very, you know, you're, you're fighting demons. And the whole premise is that if you fire your weapon, or, you know, one of your weapons is a sword, so if you swing on beat, you deal more damage and you get, like, a multiplier going. And as your multiplier gets higher, the music gets more intense and eventually, like, vocals kick in and things like that. And so there are times, like, one of my favorite weapons is double revolvers, because mm-hmm. you can fire more rapidly on the rhythm or on the beat, and it feels so good. And it kind of makes me think of, like, that kind of cliche in movie trailers and stuff, where they'll have people, like, firing guns and reloading to the beat of the music. Yeah, yeah. But it it turns out so good in-game. And, like, mm-hmm. when you pull it off, and also they make you reload on beat as well, and it just it can make it feel so... Like, just, oh, man, that scratches a part of your brain. You know? Huh. Uh, so that, that's a fun game. I think people should check it out. I think it's got a demo available on all consoles. I think I think it's on PlayStation and uh, Xbox, and then obviously on, on Steam is where I played it. Uh, not a sponsor. No, it's not a sponsor, no, but I think people should check it out. Because to my understanding, it's an indie game. So I think that's always important is to kind of help, help those people out, because that's just somebody going, you know what? And, you know, it's somebody making the thing they didn't see being made, which I think Always kind of cool to see. Yeah, uh, I was. I caught up on Barry finally. Oh, stop! I actually, I actually caught up on Barry today. Like, ask me, ask me if it's pass or gas. Is it good? Oh, ga- gas or pass? Gas. Like, <laughs> it's gas. It does make me think with where it leaves off. I'm not going to spoil anything. It does make me think with where it leaves off that like season four has got to be the last season. I think. Which I mean, I if they said they were gonna, what? I was gonna say, which I think is a is a good thing. Like, if it's a good series, like like Breaking Bad, like you know they don't drag yeah. it on. Like, I love, I really liked Walking Dead, but it's dragging. You know, like why yeah. is it still going on? You know, so for Barry, if it's four seasons, that's a good that's a good runtime for a show, and yeah. people can and- easily rewatch <laughs> it over and over again, and not be like, right. fuck, I gotta get invested in that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um... Yeah, because like with The Walking Dead, like it got canceled, you know, and it's like you don't you don't want a show to keep running and then have to find an ending after it gets canceled. You know, like you talked about Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad's last season had its most viewers live than yeah. any previous season. So, you know, it was a show that was constantly each season was more viewed than the last. Um, and so from like a mo- from a monetary standpoint, I'm sure they could have justified more seasons, you know. But if it just doesn't make sense, you know, if it's like, well, yeah, this is coming to a, you know, uh, uh, 
an ending. Reasonable conclusion, I suppose, or, you know, yeah. a, a conclusion that's obvious, then yeah, that makes sense that, yeah, this is coming to an end. Why would we keep going? Um, and then I just thought about, I want to read more indie comics. Like, I, I use my iPad to read comics, but I usually only use, like, the Marvel Unlimited app. But obviously that only gives me Marvel comics. Not a sponsor. No, huh? You know you don't have to say that every time we name a brand. Okay. I I will. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> hold on, let me spray some Febreze from my... Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, there's a... Amazon owns a, a company called Comixology. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a sponsor. And they have a bunch of comics available on there. And I want to start looking at on there for me. That's where I read a lot of uh, like my Batman comics and stuff. And I read a comic called Sex Criminals, which is not as uh, iffy as it sounds. It's about a couple who, when they orgasm, time stops for everybody but them. So they use that ability to break the law. Like they rob banks by just going, walking into the bank, going into the bathroom, banging one out real hard, stopping mm-hmm. time, and then just robbing the place and then leaving. And uh, it's a comedy. And it's actually really good. It's a good read. And uh, I would I would recommend that one. Not a sponsor. Can I admit something to you? Yeah, admit it. As you were talking, uh, it, like right before you got into it, my headset died. <laughs> so you have no and then clue what I just said. soon as I plugged it back in and hopped in, it said going to the bathroom and banging one out. And then I was like, okay, uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. And then it ended and I was like, oh, word. Holy. Do you want me to repeat myself? Yeah, I'll listen to it in the make the episode because I'm a narc like that. That's right. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. You wanna you wanna dig around in the mailbag? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. All right, here. Let me sh- <laughs> me digging around the mailbag. Uh, all right. Subject line says podcast ideas and praise. Hey hosts, it's your boy. Simply call to seventy two again. Yeah, we got our, our friend of the show now. Yes, that's uh, what's up. Just writing you to let you both know to keep up the great work. Been loving the recent episodes, especially the Obi-Wan updates each week, which we have not done in a couple weeks now. Oops. Oops. Uh, the podcasts have always been... Sorry, the podcasts always make me laugh and give me something to look forward to in the middle of each week. Would love to have you guys do a bracket episode, similar to a list episode, uh, where you both pick four or eight items each and then discuss them in a bracket style until there's one item left, which in theory would be the best item. It could be about movies, comics, games, cryptids, anything. Figured this could be a cool way to hear both of you discuss something you're passionate about and make some tough decisions about what item is the best. In the meantime, keep up the wonderful podcasts and commentary, especially you, Chris, with a winky face. Faithfully oh. yours. Simply call to 72. Faith- faithfully. Oh, my. Faithfully. Keep the faith, you know? <laughs> Here I am. Oh, Arthur! <laughs> no faith, Arthur! We're going to Tahiti! Tahiti! That's a good-ass game. Um, yeah, it is. Well, no, I it's, like that idea of doing a bracket. Well, I like the idea of becoming a cult leader. Um, yeah, same. I think instead of wearing robes, we should just porky pig it. Yeah, it's just we're constantly, <laughs> but it's a white t-shirt. It's a very nice, like, linen white button-up. <laughs> yeah, you know? it has to be a short sleeve. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's long. It's very, very, like, flowy sleeves. <laughs> but then just cuts real hard just, out of the waist. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't even have it. it doesn't even have the cuts on the side like when you're supposed to tuck it in, you know? <laughs> uh-uh. It's uh-uh. just a straight edge on the bottom and just your dick and nuts are out. Or whatever <laughs> you got down there. 
Yeah. We don't we don't hate, you know. All right, yeah, chef don't judge. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. And we'll be we'll be gravy town, baby. <laughs> gravy town. Uh but no, I do like that uh the bracket idea. Um I think that would lead to us arguing a bit, which I don't know. If I'm down for that. But maybe if we maybe we combine the list in the bracket or I guess maybe if we had more pair bracket. I don't know. We could make a list for each other. And then like I bring you a list and then you have to rate my list, like rank it. Yeah. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Or like I no, like I I give you like uh, six movies, right? Okay. And basically put them in like a tournament like which movie's better this one or that one? You say that one, and then we'll compare it to other ones. Okay, which one's better? This one or that one? Okay, take yeah. those two. Start, which one's better? Start at the top of the list, and maybe we could yeah. just rank them. We just pick ten random. Well, I'm saying we do that for each whatever. other. Like, I'll pick six movies for you, and then you pick six movies for me that you want to that you're curious about going head to head. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So it, that avoids the arguing, but we still get to see what your your picks are of the movies that I like, and yeah. vice versa. Alternatively, we could just argue. It just gets yeah. fucking brutal. It just turns into personal attacks. It's like, <laughs> why are we? Why are we so hateful? Fuck you, you loser! Oh, he's <laughs> picking it. <laughs> oh shit! Your dick and nuts look weird. <laughs> Not my dick and nuts. Not my dick and nuts. Not the berries. No. <laughs> Not the family jewels. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I like that letter. I'm. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah thank you. Idea. Keep it coming. Yeah, thank Simply you. Simply Cultist 72. That's right. Do they know 71 other cultists that we're not aware of? I don't, I don't know. There must be a... Listen, we're just the head honchos, you know? We don't know any numbers. of those. Yeah, we don't. That's that's beneath us. The, yeah. le- the numbering is beneath us. I like that they don't have names. <laughs> numbers. Keeps it easy. Keeps it, yeah. It's a lot easier to dehumanize people when they're just numbers. And they know how hard we work, so they don't want to make it harder for us. So they take their numbers and they're happy. That's right. They smile. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank you guys so much for your attention and support. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review and tell your friends. Uh, share right. us on social media. Word of mouth's a, a big help, especially when we're trying to start a movement like this. That's um, right. <laughs> the Simply Cult. Chris, if people want to get in touch with us to, uh, you know, sing our praises, give us some feedback. Yeah. Ask us questions. Yeah. Uh, you can Did definitely always. Yep, yep, yep. All of them, all of them. Uh, you could always reach out to us on our email, which is simplywellmailbag at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is whelmed underscore simply. And then our Facebook and our Instagram is simplywellmedpodcast. And I, I've been saying it every week, but I really try and make a, a YouTube account tonight when I put this up. So look for that. Yeah. So you, we can start saying, smash that like button. Smash that like button. Make sure you hit that bell notification. Like, I swear to God, I'll say ring, it every episode. Ring the like, bell to make sure you get notified every time you post a new episode. Like, you bet your fucking bottom dollar. Like, that's what I'll do. Bet your bottom. Yeah. Uh, so next week, we're going to try and talk about Lightyear. Legitimately, yeah. uh, we got wrapped up in a bunch of busy life stuff this weekend. I couldn't see it. But I would really like to see it. Even though it does sound like it's not really performing well financially. Oh. Um, I haven't I haven't heard bad things about the quality, just that people aren't seeing it in general. Uh, so hopefully it's good, and people are just kind of sleeping on it. But who knows, man? I don't know. I feel like it's at least here. It's been pretty fucking hot, for like for a couple like consecutive days. 
Yeah. Um, and so, like, not a whole lot of people are wanting to go out and do shit. Uh, that was just my wedding ring falling off. <laughs> Talk about light years got me. <laughs> <I'm> thinking, <laughs> you know? Chris Evans playing as uh, Buzz. Yeah. Seeing his ass in that spacesuit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's America's ass. It's got me twisting that ring, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. is it from the Northmen? Yeah. Oh. Got you rethinking things. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday. Baby, I love you. Bye.